Photo Mission Exposure, a podcast for photographers. On this episode of Photo Mission Exposure, we're talking to photographer Trish Jackson. Trish has an unusual shooting style. So let's get into the show and hear Trish's story. Trish, welcome to, this is our third episode of Photo Mission Exposure, where we talk to photographers and we learn a little bit about um, photographers. Um, so the first thing I want to really start, first question I'd really like to ask you, when did you start photography? When did you get interested? Well, thank you for having me, firstly. Um, it's lovely to be here. Um, photography started for me when I was about 14. Um, my brother was studying it at university and he was trying to teach me what he was doing and uh, we would go all the way to Bribey Island for sunset photos and it was like a million miles back in those days. It seemed forever to get there. And he would set the tripod, tripod up and set the camera up and try and tell me what a DOF and ISO and all those technical times were and I'm just like, press the button, that's all you have to do, you know. And he would focus and he liked dead trees. He told me dead trees are always the best to photograph. So we would hunt Bribey Island looking for dead trees. And that's where my love came from. And we would go home and he had turned my parents' uh, downstairs bathroom into a dark room. So then we would develop the photos that he had taken and just watching this blank piece of paper turn into this magical photo just blew my mind. It was just uh, absolute magic. And I think that's the hook. When people have been exposed to um, film photography and they've actually seen the process of how you can take this piece of paper and you put it into this bath of chemical yeah. and then before your eyes, like you said, yeah. something actually appears that you've captured. There is something quite fascinating about oh, that. Oh, it is. It's magical. Just, it just evolves yeah, before your eyes, little by little, and then wow. And then you look at it. And I think, look, that's that's for a lot of people. That's what that's what the hook is. There's something about photography that gets people in, um, and and you fall in love with it. And then it's something that you can do your whole lifetime, basically. That's you can, right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing would be interesting for the um, obviously going up around Bribey Island and place like that, because that would have been a few years back. Um, Many years ago. <laughs> so it would be, it'd, it'd be interesting now to look at some of those pictures because. Bribey's very different now, so that's yes. the other great thing about photography is that historical value of Absolutely. pictures. I love looking at old photos, especially like of my grandparents, and I've got this photo of my grand my great grandparents in front of Sangat Pier, like from way, way, way back. And it's just it's history and it's fascinating. Do you have many of those images that you, you captured when you were kind of back at that age of fourteen? Do any of they survive I've or? got a few of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a challenge. Look, that's going to be the challenge for people moving forward too in, in this current era if all the, the phone pictures have been snapped, but whether people are actually going to still have those pictures in 30, 40 years' time. That's right, to yes. show To show their kids or, or grandkids or whatever, that's going to be a real challenge. Um, Trish, um, you you know started photography at a very young age and, and you do have a, a different shooting style. Um, could you maybe just explain a little bit how you use your camera? Okay. Well, because I was born without any arms, um, I hold my camera with my feet. So when I first started this, uh, I saved and saved and saved my money to buy a little camera, which again was film. So, and obviously I have to hold my camera with my feet because I have no arms. And so way, way back in those days, because I sat on the floor, the only thing that was in front of me was my cat and used to get 24 photos on a film. So I would take 24 photos of my cat sitting in front of me and then you had to wait seven days or eight days to get the film developed from the chemist. And it would just be the longest eight days of my life waiting for these photos to come back. And then I begged and begged my mum to take me down to the chemist to get the photos. I was so excited. And there'd be 23 blurry photos of the cat. And if I got one good one, I was really, really happy. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> yeah. look, anyone who's shot film, I've all had that experience where you've been so excited, you've taken your camera out, you've shot these um you know roll of film and then you're waiting 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 to get the film back and then only to be disappointed that you there wasn't many keepers in mm. the, in that role and of course I, I knew nothing what i was doing i was just pointing and shooting and hoping for the best i didn't listen to my brother <laughs> trying to explain all these things as well as the photography side of it um i know you do a lot of painting and and that type of stuff as well and again um it, 
where did that come from? When did you start getting into that side of the creative process? Uh, drawing started uh, about three or four years ago when I was um, in a really, really, really bad headspace um, because I live in constant pain and um, because I use my feet for everything, and I mean everything, um, my knees ache, my hips ache, my back aches, my shoulders ache, my head aches, my neck aches. Um, the only thing that doesn't hurt is my feet and you would really think they would be the most painful because they're, they're used so much. Uh, so I was lying on the couch in agony and I thought I really need to get out of this headspace so I could still move my feet and I thought well what could I do and there was a piece of paper and a pencil there so I just started drawing and that's where my drawing came from and yeah I love it. It's and that's self-taught, self you basically yes. taught yourself how to do those. Yep. Yep. So, so you did, had you, had you drawn beforehand? Had that? Oh I did art at school but I wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um Probably and a few doodles, but nothing like I produce now. Yeah. Do you think your photography eye had helped you with your art? Do you think definitely, yeah. definitely? Because yeah. sometimes I I do a drawing and I go, that's not quite right. So I'll take a photo of it and I'll look at it and go, that's not right. So I can pick up my perspective and stuff if I take a photo and look at the photo. Yep. That's how I get my perspective in my drawings. I notice a lot of your photos, you do like nature. Um, I see you know, a lot of flowers and, and um, small creatures and different types of stuff. And is that, is that your, your favourite thing to photograph or is there something else that you... It is because it doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not very good at fast moving things because I have to sit on the floor to take a photo. Um, so I like things that are stationary. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and well, sunsets and stuff. Yeah, which makes sense because obviously yeah, you, you, you've worked, um, adapt to um, your shooting style. Yes. And obviously um, people have um, different shooting styles for different reasons and, and yours is obviously um, a little bit unique. And I, and I must admit, I first met you up at Lake Samsonvale and you were shooting yes. sunsets, um, which is obviously a, you know, a very popular spot, especially on the north side of Brisbane, yep. um, to shoot at. Um, where... Um, with your photography, is it, has it been a special moment? Has it been something where you've captured something that's been really special to you? or? Um, I guess my favourite all-time photo is this photo of this eagle that I took, or Wedgetail, and it was just, we were driving along, my husband and I, and he said, he suddenly pulled, said, get ready, get your camera, because my camera is always at my feet in my car. And he said, we're going to pull into, the, into this gravel pit and get ready to get your camera. And I'm looking around thinking, there's nothing to take off. And anyway, so we, we pulled into this gravel pit and he said, get your camera and get out of the car and go to the back of the car. And I'm still looking around, couldn't find anything. He's gone crazy, he's driven too long. And suddenly he said, no, look over there. And I looked over there and this eagle was just sitting on this fence post in the middle of nowhere. And I just sat on the ground and I just took photo after photo. And he just looked at me and... He sat there and posed for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was just the most magical moment. Yeah. Do you, reckon, just... do you reckon those, those, you know, you hear of situations like that, do you actually think there's actually some type of connection that at that point in time that eagle kind of was there for you? I probably wondered why I was sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's and just funny. People, people do have those experiences where they basically um, tell me like they're shooting something wildlife and the, the wildlife will actually stop. Mm. And, yeah. and and basically, like it's saying, oh, I come here. You want to take my picture? I'll I'll pose for you. Yes. So that's um that's a great you know moment. It'd be great to have a spotter like that. Your husband's obviously got a good eye. To... He does. He's amazing. <laughs> we could all do it for a really good spotter to spot stuff and say, hey, quick, look over here. There's something yep. really interesting to take a picture. Mm. So ritual really means when you do go and do your photography, it's not just um probably a normal outing that there's. Obviously, you need someone to get you from A to B and yes. move and then, stuff around. Um, if I have to use a tripod like for a long exposure, my husband's got to set it up for me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And I know at the time when I first met you, the camera you were shooting at, you were using a, a wireless trigger and you were actually using your mouth to, to operate that trigger. Yes. But, but the problem with that was that they didn't last long, did they? No. Saliva <laughs> tends to ruin <laughs> remotes. You think manufacturers would take that on board and say, hey, we'll make a waterproof remote. <laughs> exactly. Well, I did. Use, I used to have one that used to be a skydiver's one. Um, and you actually put it in your mouth because they oh, trigger it. Oh, so it was it. actually designed yeah. for that. Okay. Yeah. 
for when they're jumping out of the plane and they put it, the mouthpiece in their mouth and they click it with their tongue. Yep. But I, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. But good for skydivers because... <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You, your hands are doing other things as well. That's and right. you're trying to control parachutes and yeah, make sure it, you pull the ripcord and do all those types of things to, to get If I could there. have made a, a more comfortable one, it would have been perfect. But, yeah. But these days they just wear the camera's GoPros on their helmets so they don't... And they just film the whole thing, yeah. so they get the whole the whole thing on there. With um, your photography, where is it taking you? What type of places have you actually been to that you've photographed? Uh, I've been to Uluru. That was awesome. Like, yeah, we went there and I'm just like, why do we need to see a rock, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but to stand there and watch the rock change colour is just the most, it's the most amazing. Everybody in this world should go and see it. You can't describe it. It's just and, breathtaking. And could you actually, do you believe that you could you could capture that with a camera or was that one of those events that you just had to be there and experience it with the naked eye? Um, you have to do experience because it's the atmosphere as well. Like I took lots of photos, but just you keep watching and then you forget, oh, photo. <laughs> you know, you just get mesmerised. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Look, I remember I haven't been to Uluru and it's on my wish list. but I'll I, go. I have been to the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay, yes. And I went and I was told to go there about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was told where to go and I was told to sit and prepare to spend a few hours. And as the sun set, the colour of the canyon just changes in, right. fr- in front of your eyes. And it's kind of, and I was doing what, I was forgetting to take pictures because I was just mesmerised yeah. by this, this, you know, the way the colours and the lights and all that was changing. Mm. Um, but you were taking it. It's one of those good events that you do get a few photos, but it's also good, obviously, sometimes put the camera down and just watch yes. just watch and take it in i don't know if you've ever seen that there's a there's a movie where there's a scene where um um this guy's been chasing a snow leopard to get a photo okay no no and, and he you know travels the world to try and get it and he gets to the point where he actually he actually gets it and sees it and it's right there and the camera's in front of him and his guy is with him and he's just takes his hands off the camera and he just sits there and watches the snow leopard and then the snow leopard walks off and it's gone. And it's gone. But that was, for him, it was it was one of those moments when... Yeah, it's in his brain forever. It, that photo the memory. Is, is in his brain. It's yeah. not on the ca- didn't, that's right. didn't take capture a picture of it. And it was a... It, 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 I think it's something that's only photographers can kind of grasp that mm. um, concept. Sometimes I like to um, wish they would invent a camera that you could just click with your eye. Yeah. You know, when you blink. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I've heard of techniques that people actually use to improve their photography and... Some people take mental pictures. So when they see something, they'll actually go snap in their brain. Like they actually take mm. a mental picture of it. Um, just so they can remember it, they might want to try and come back at some stage and replicate or whatever, but they do take a picture and just remember it the way they see it, yeah. um, just like they've taken a picture of a camera. So mm. um, you've had a few different cameras, I take it, in your course of shooting over a few yeah, years. Yes. Yeah. What's been your favourite camera? Has it been a camera that's stood out that, something that you really loved using or mm, I loved the drone I had a drone that I used to fly with my feet yep. which was really cool fun yep yep <laughs> um that was good fun but I crashed it <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't good um uh, but yeah I like my Canon and my wide lens for night photography and doing star trails I really love doing them yep so you do a bit of, like a bit of astrophotography yep and is, have you got a spot that you go for the astro do you have to travel out to get away from the city lights a bit? Or um, I have done one for my backyard, but, yeah, yeah. when we travel and we go a bit country, you always try and do a star trail somewhere. Okay. And do you like to try and... Um, I mean, a lot of the good star trails you see, like something in the foreground, like a windmill or old oh, tractor or something? Do you I do... try to, but <laughs> but a lot of photography good spots aren't very accessible for me because I can't walk long distances. So um, you don't always get this, the shot that you have in your mind, or in my mind, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And um, have you kind of, I mean, with your, your photography, have, have you done, I mean, you've got an Instagram account and those type of things, but what do you normally do? Where do your photos normally end up? On my computer. <laughs> <laughs> folders and folders and folders of them. Um, yeah, mainly just Instagram and my photography page and just, yeah. you know, I like sharing them. Yeah, yeah. And have you ever printed any images? Like, have you ever actually printed? Yeah, I've printed one of my Uluru. I've got a great big canvas that I printed. Came out really well. Yeah, because I think sometimes that, that that really, you know, um, when you get a beautiful image and you and you 
commit it to print. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something you can put up on the wall and you can admire it and you can kind of relive it. Mm. Um, what 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 do you think the what do you think why people are attracted to photography? What is it about photography that people love? Do you think? I think it just takes you to another place, it takes your mind away from all the stress, and you just you're looking for something particular. So your mind's focusing on what would be a good photo. Yeah. Mm. Um, and through the course of um, you know taking photos. Um, what type of other people have you come across? Anyone else who, who has a different shooting style similar to yours? Or have you met anyone else that shoots a bit differently? Or uh, I have a Canadian fellow, Thalidomide survivor, and um, I've got him into photography and he also uses um, a camera that I just gave up, and, um, the Lumix. So, yeah, okay. I've taught him how to shoot and, and it's really good fun. He shows me all the snow photos. <laughs> <laughs> which, we don't which, get, which we don't get here. Not in Queensland anyway. No, no, no we're not, we're not right. having a very cool um, think, time at the moment. No. It's been quite warm. So that, that is that really good? To, so if you've met a few people, I suppose, is he online that you met him through that? Or is yes. He, yeah, yep. 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 So. Um, and look, about, um, I suppose, a bit about your um, things that you've had to deal with through life, um, we could probably just expand a little bit more on that and um, for people who may not have heard of your condition or heard of, of people. I think, I mean, older people tend to, but the younger mm -hmm. people may not have because fortunately it's, that's no longer available to, 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 um, to give. It's people. still being used. Is it still being used? Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I, I would have thought that with all the things that have happened. No, it's used for cancer and leprosy and a few other. Okay. Um, Is it done in a more... very con high controlled. I was going to say, it must yes. be in a more controlled way. Definitely. Um, so how many, how many, how many like survivors... Are in Australia? Do you have any idea of the not the, the real numbers? No, yeah, no, because records were destroyed and it's very hard. There's no medical test to prove that you are thalidomide or not. So. Yeah, but obviously um, the, the results, you know, people, yeah, it's very well, it's clear. very varied. Um, you know, you can have no arms, no legs, or no um, your eyes could be affected, or no ears, or um, and a lot of internal damage as well, not just the Skeleton. Yep. Yeah. Physical stuff mm. you can see. Um, with the um, obviously, um, you know, we're, we're mainly talking about photography, but like I said, um, and I like your your Instagram handle. Yes. Footsie photos. <laughs> Footsie photos. Because <laughs> I hold my camera with my feet. <laughs> That's it. So I think look for a lot of people, a lot of people struggle to get the motivation to go out and shoot. Yep. Um, so and they 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 can you know pick a camera up and hold it any way they like. Um, what type of advice would you say to people who, you know, are struggling to go and get the motivation to get out there? I mean, what, what gets you out and about in the world? What pushes you? Um, just to get out of the house. Um, get your mind off troubles and just... Um, I think people stop to look at the real world and miss all the beautiful nature things. Um, go and find a butterfly. You know, nature is amazing. Um, I found these tiny little mushrooms in my grass today and so I stopped and took photos of them. You know, they were just magical. It's so tiny and dainty. Yep. Um, and, and those things, like, quite often they don't last for very long. No, that's right. It's and kind of gone. an event that it happens and that's the power of photography that, you know, with your camera you can see something like that, you can, you can preserve that moment forever. That's correct, yes. And you can then share that with people so people can actually sit down and you can say, hey, look, I saw these in my garden. Um, I've taken a picture of them, um, this is what they look like, and you know, I went back out the next day and they were gone. That's right. You're uh, showing the world how you see it through yeah. your eyes. Yeah. Because obviously, um, you, I mean, you've had to adapt to the world. and, and um, Yep. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> which, which, which does give you, I think, from a photography point of view, that you've, you have a different um, slant on photography, that the way you look at things and the, and the things you photograph. Um, I have a very different shooting angle yeah. because I sit on the floor and look up. Yeah, basically. And I think, look, sometimes that um, you see some photographers actually do use that technique. They'll they'll do that mm. um, shoot from a low angle shoot up type of thing, and mm. because it'll emphasise. But that's the way you kind of see the world. That's right. Yeah. So it's kind of that's what you always on the floor. That's how you've always <laughs> seen it. You've yep. always always known it to be like that. Um, is it is there something that you'd like to photograph that you haven't photographed yet? Cool. 
or a place you'd love to go to? I mean, obviously, if, if it was possible to go somewhere. Oh, probably Canada. Canada? Yeah. yeah. It's just so beautiful. Mountains and... The, the, particularly what in the, in the cold snow. time? <laughs> Without the cold. <laughs> I don't like cold, but yeah. It just, it's just so pretty. Yeah, yeah. And I think landscape, like I said, for a lot of photographers, landscape is always, you know, a favourite thing to shoot. Mm. Um, and I think too, because sometimes people don't have the opportunity maybe to visit that, that spot. And by seeing a photo, it basically takes you there. Yes, that's right. Um, and like I said, and we touched on the fact that you've, you know, you've spoken to a fellow survivor in Canada who's out shooting now. Mm. And, um, you know, that's all been done by the fact that you can share stuff and... Um, he asked me technical photo <laughs> questions and I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the good thing, I suppose, about being a photographer today is that um, you don't have to get too bogged down in the technical stuff. No. The cameras will do a lot of that for you. You can set the cameras. There's different right. modes, obviously. Yes. And the camera can actually make a lot of those decisions to get exposures correct. Mm. And the good thing, too, is with digital, you can, we talked about you know, begging your mum to get down to the cameras to pick up the photos to get find 23 blurry pictures of the cat. Yep. Um, if you now you, you can now look at the back of the camera. And delete. Delete and you can reshoot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So what's what's your workflow? So you've you've been out, you've shot a bunch of pictures. What would typically you do? You go home and download them on the computer or what do you? Yeah, download them on the computer and then do a little adjustment in Photoshop if it's not quite right and, just, and then um, upload them. Yep. So you do so post post is something that you do you do do if your photos you like to be able I to do. Yeah. yeah and add your your watermark on it and yep is there any particular like i mean do you have particular tweaks that you do the photos um or you just look at each photo and, and adjust mm. it how you think might i'm be. not really good at photoshop <laughs> so i don't do a lot um but just a crop and stuff just to make it look better yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um like i said the um if you had a destination you want you know Canada would be a, would be a, a you know, good mm. destination to go to to do, see that is there anywhere else in Australia that you'd like is there anything in Australia that you'd like to see I haven't been to WA or Kakadu so yep they're, but they're very inaccessible for somebody that can't walk far yes, <laughs> yes. yeah so, so and so that's always been a consideration for you every everything you've done I can remember um, you know having a conversation about too it's difficult when you get on a plane um, securing seatbelts and stuff, yep. and that, did that cause you some issues with some airlines? Like, oh, I don't travel on by airline. Yeah, I drive. Yeah, <laughs> um, we travel by car. Basically, is that because of the difficulties in flying, or just your? Yeah, just difficulties in flying. I, I um always have to have my legs crossed or up or whatever, sitting straight in a tiny little area. Yeah. Is no good. Just causes me so much pain. Pain that you need to be yeah, yeah. need to be the friend. If you're driving in the car you can pull over and you can obviously stretch, stretch and do whatever and, and that type of stuff. But you can I can move my legs around in the cabin or you know, in the car. Yes. To make them comfortable. Yeah. Sit on one leg or sit on the other leg and <laughs> very flexible. But so what's the longest road trip you've done? Uh Uluru. Uluru, okay. And was that done over obviously over a period of a week or something or what did you yeah, do? Yeah, I think we were away a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously along the journey along the way would have been some good opportunities as well. Yes, yes, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah. So what Cooper type of things? Cooper was awesome. Yeah. I loved Cooper PD. Yeah. That was really good. Um, and what type of things did you capture? I mean, was, I mean, you told us the story about the eagle and on, um, on previous trips. Family of emus and and just um, you know wildflowers growing on the side of the road and rocks and stuff that you don't normally see. <laughs> might sound boring to take you know, a picture of a rock, but it, it really is magical. Well, I think the, the, thing, the thing with anything nature, I mean, it's where the light is. Yes. You know, so you can see a rock and it might look particularly well, the interesting. The sunsets are so much better in the outback without the pollution and they're just so more vivid. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right because as you get close to the city, you've got, you have got pollution and, and, and obviously that impacts too if you're doing some type of astro type stuff as well that when you get out into those more open spaces um you know the sky is much clearer and, and it's amazing i remember um the first time going to a spot where we we're in the middle of nowhere and looked up mm. in the sky and just couldn't believe the number of stars Star, you could yes. see it just amazing. blows it blows you away because in suburbia you just can't see that mm. 
That's right. Um, they're there, but you just can't see it because of all the light pollution. Yep. And, you, and you get out into a into a you know faraway place, and it's really you know, like I said, clear skies and just opens your eyes up and you're just amazed by the, the amount of um, starlight out there. Yeah, we stopped at, a, um, my favourite place to stop is at Coonabarabran. There's a guy there that does um, uh, telescopes and you can get, I think it was only $20, and you could put your camera on the big telescope and just all the galaxies out there, it's just oh, amazing. I learnt more in that two-hour evening than I ever did at school about our galaxy system and everything. And, yeah, just love it. Yep. So, awesome. so astro, yeah, that type of photography, that's obviously something that is um, you'd like to do more of, like that type of stuff? Or? I would, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Last week we had a, a photographer on here and he actually um, was a teacher in, in, you know, before he got into photography, but he also um, astrophysics. So he was, he's a mad astro- astronomer. Oh, okay. And uh, just loved, like you said, he was saying he had a picture there he took um, with a five-inch telescope and he can remember, you know, in the Great Nine they had the picture of this, um, you know, particular image and he's been able to recreate it with his camera at a five-inch, oh, wow. which, which was apparently taken back in the day it was taken, it was taken with a 200-inch telescope. So a massive wow. telescope. But that's where the power of, of digital cameras has come and technology yep. Is allowed to, like you said, from your backyard, even you can take mm. star trails. Yeah, you can take star trails, and, and the moon is just awesome. Just, yeah, and, just... and and look, some nights on the moon, and have you have you been kind of like you know, a lot, there's always a lot of interest around the moon when things like the super moon, the blood moon. Yep. Have you tried to chase those? Or... Oh, definitely, always try to chase them. And what what have you been successful in getting? Did you do the the last one was the blood moon? No, it was cloudy here, I think, or something. We didn't get it. So the the blood, the blood moon. I shot the, the blood moon. Um, okay. And, Maybe and it, was, it was actually it was um, pretty good up until the sun started to come up. And then we lost it. Okay. But it really turned red. Um, mm. A lot. I think the last super moon. Yes, we got we got, got clouded out. Yes. Yes, we've had a few where I've gone down to Shawncliffe and yep. tried to capture them. And yeah, usually it's all clouds. It's Mm. So that's that's one of the challenges I think of being a photographer is, is that um, the conditions have to be right. Absolutely, yeah. I got the eclipse a few years ago. That was in all the stages of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So what was your setup? How did you how did you kind of approach that? What did you have the tripod in the front yard and just sat there? Just sat there and waited. Yep, and took photo after photo after photo. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about the sky. That it's funny because if you put there's, there's certain pictures that if you do put them up on social media, sunsets are a good one. People love sunsets. Yes. People love moon pictures. And it's just interesting how they're relatively, I suppose, things that we all see. And it's funny when you capture them with a camera, they do take on special, hmm. they do take a special, um, I don't know. There's still a mystery about them too. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. It, <clears throat> it's a mystery of people, you know, um, Still ask a lot of questions about space and why we're here and yep. all that type of stuff. And I think that's what the, else is out there. <laughs> yeah, what else is out there? I mean, it's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, I can just remember growing up and hearing about all the stories from the fifties of all the UFOs, and it always fascinates me now that we don't hear no. all the modern cameras. We don't hear or see of um, UFOs. Mm. No. Um, so we've been talking about some of your, your trips that you've been doing and, and travelling around and seeing bits of Australia and photographing stuff along the way. Um, where do you see your photography in the future? What, what do you kind of see your next thing to do? Is there something that you want to still try and do? or? Oh, gosh. I just hope that I can continue to keep going. That's, that's just my aim, that, you know, my body doesn't give up, so I have to stop it. Yeah, that's my aim. And and you talked about looking um, a few years back. You were kind of head was in a kind of a you know all you know bad place, and you you started doing the drawing and that. And I mean, the photography obviously helps very much with just being able to give you a purpose and do some stuff. And you find like it is a kind of a you know mental oh, stimulus. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Photography is a great hobby. Yeah, and is it something you'd recommend to people like other people that are dealing with maybe dealing with some difficulties in their lives? That photography is a good thing to yeah. kind of put your energy into. And you can start with your phone. You know, it's there, it's instant, and you can share it. And just take a photo of something pretty or flower or something bright and 
And if you look at something bright, I think your mind thinks, oh, that's good, you know, and brings brightness out into your mood. Yeah, and I think, look, you're right. You know, anything positive, hmm. like flower or nature, you know, an eagle sitting on a pole, um, it does make you feel good too. And I think that's the thing that, um, and the fact that when you take the photo, it can make someone else feel good when you share the photo. That's right. I think so. And, yeah. and that's part of the enjoyment of photography is to share your photos or what you've taken and show the world, well, this is what I saw. Now, Trish, also um, you've lately been doing a lot of um, talks and talking to young people about um, different things. Do you want to just expand on some of the things you've done? Sure. Um, my public speaking started about five years ago now when a girlfriend of mine became a school teacher. And we've been friends since we were eight, so long time. And uh, she asked me to come and speak to her year seven students. And of course, my first reaction was, well, why would you want me? You know, I'm nothing special. Um, but she just said, oh, we just want you to come and share your story. You know, you've come over so many obstacles and she said, you've always done it with a smile on your face. I just want you to share that. So I went there, supposed to be there for five minutes, ended up being there most of the day. It was just awesome, you know, and I had 75 kids all trying to write with their feet at one time. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just grown and grown and grown. So that, that initial from that initial one, obviously, um, were you, how were you feeling? At, you know, were you feeling a bit anxious about doing that? Or oh, definitely. I'm a very shy person, believe it or not. Believe it or not. I don't know where this speaking comes from, but um, once I, I get there, I love it. Yep. The so kids managed, are just awesome. So you managed to push from yep. and get, get, get to that point. And so now that's something that you've done fairly regularly. Um, and, I mean, obviously um, the kids get a lot out of it and also yes. yourself. I mean, you seeing their kind of... Yeah, it's, um, I've done, I think, 37 schools this year. Nearly 10,000 kids um, from primary, or actually from kindergarten to grade 12. Um, a lot of community groups as well and in front of politicians and stuff. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, I just love it. Like my life has been so different to everybody else's because of how I was born. But there's some connection that the kids get. Well, if Trish can do it, then I can do it. You know, um, I think kids have lost resilience in, in life these days. I think it's good for, you know, kids to be able to see, um, you know, that, you know, every, I mean, life is about challenges. Everyone mm. has certain challenges that have to come. And obviously some challenges are, you know, are more difficult to get over than others. Yeah. And um, I think it's a good lesson that people learn if they can see that people can kind of, you know, dust themselves off. They've been de dealt a hand. They've, they've said, okay, well, this is who I am. This is what I've got to deal with. Mm. Let's get on. Let's find ways to do things. Well, that's right. Um, I think you've got to learn to be happy in your own skin. Uh, and one of the stories I tell the kids is when I was eight, um, I asked Santa for something really, really special. And, uh, you know, I say, oh, what do you reckon, you know, I I asked Santa for them because they all put their hands up and they say, oh, you would have asked him for arms. And I go, well, no, no, not really. I said, because when I was little, I remember just before I'd go to bed, I would sit on the end of my bed and I would close my eyes and I would go, I wish, I wish, I wish I had arms. And I'd open my eyes and I'd look down and my arms would still be the same. And I'd go, oh, well, I'll wish tomorrow night. And I think I did it for about two weeks just wishing that I looked different, wishing my life was different, wishing that I had arms like my brother and sister. And then I just came to the realisation, well, no amount of wishing is ever going to change how I look. So it was then that I decided, well, this is me. I'm going to make the most of my life, no matter what people say. Because, um, yeah, as you can imagine, I've had a lot of negativity in my life that, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be anything, I wouldn't amount to anything. Um, Basically, my life was worthless because I didn't look right. And, yeah, so I learnt acceptance of my body. and I can't change it, so I'm just going to make the most of my life, and that's what I did. Yep. And I think, look, you know, the, the fact that, you know, um, you've kind of presented in front of, like, 10,000 kids, they're all going to have taken something away from that. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, and, and there's not too many people 
um, you speak to in day-to-day life that actually have had that influence on somebody? I have about eight scrapbooks of little notes from kids that have written to me and thanked me and to teach them about bullying and it's not okay to bully and to teach them that it's I can do things and I shouldn't say I can't and um, to be happy and to be nice to people and um, you know they're amazed that I can do things and you know they've sent me letters saying that they're going to be nice to everybody no matter how they look and I think that's really important that you know everyone looks different but we should always each other with respect and uh, I think the the cutest little one that I've had is a little boy I think it was grade three, he came up to me after one of my talks and he held out his hand and he had three little marbles in his hand and he said, I want you to have my marbles. And I said, oh, sweetheart, thank you, but I can't take your marbles. They're your marbles. You go and play with them. He said, no, 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 I really want you to have them. He said, because if you have them, then you might remember me because I'm never going to forget you. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> how sweet is that? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and those little marbles, they sit on my desk and I do think of him every day. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And, and those stories, I mean, um, like I said, and I'm sure that he, he's going to remember remember you and, and, and look at um, the world differently because, as a result of meeting you. And I think that's one of the reasons when um, I started um, the idea of the podcast, that I wanted to get photographers in, I wanted to get people in who... Um, who may have done some things differently um, to help inspire other people to get out and maybe, you know, help them with their photography and give them that motivation to get out there and start, you know, shooting and, and yeah. not trying to find excuses why I can't get out there. It's, you know, it only the, takes a second to take a photo. And, and that's <laughs> it. And look, the thing with photography, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is that photography is one of those things that the more you take, the better you get. Absolutely. You learn, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is um, you'll take a lot of bad photos. Oh, yes. <laughs> Every second photo is a bad, bad photo. It's not perfect, so, yeah. And you don't have the beauty about digital is you choose what you put on your Facebook page or on yes. your Instagram or whatever. So you get to choose what people see. Yep. Um, so you put the photos that you want them to see. And that's the beauty about, about digital photography today is that... Um, you can just reshoot, 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 do whatever you have to do and then share those types of pictures. Yes. What's, what's um, some, of the, some of the pictures that you put up on social media? What's been some of the comments that you've had? Like, have you had feedback from people or have you touched someone through one of those photos? Or? Um, I get lots of comments in all my sunsets stuff. Like, people just love sunsets. I think it's, I don't know, maybe they're romantic or... Maybe they just want to see beauty, and, and sunsets are definitely beauty. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I get a lot of feedback, of course, when I put up photos of how I do things with my feet. Yeah. That always, and I guess that just shows you, you know, you can do it if you want to. Well, that's the thing. It, look, the, the human spirit is amazing because it, it's, um, you see people have had to adapt to different things because... Mm. Um, because of the way they were born and, and, and those things, or it could be through, you know, the result of an accident or something. Yeah. Something's happened and you've had to change your life. And, and I suppose the important thing is that you can still live a, a good life and you can still achieve things. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter how you, what your physical aptitude You just do are. them differently to everybody else. Yeah. So have you had to, like around the house, is the house modified much, like where you live, or is it pretty no, much a standard? pretty much a standard house. The only thing I've got is big light switches so that are really easy to turn on and off. Yeah. That's about the only, and lever taps on. Yeah. Um, lever handled on taps. And door handles, lever handles on the lever, door? Yep. Yeah, don't like round ones. <laughs> don't like round ones. <laughs> Hard to get toes yes. on a slip on those. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the... Um, you know, we talked about a lot of the things that you like like to shoot, the, the wildlife and that type of stuff. Um, do you think there's something, you know, something else you can do with your photography? Is there somewhere else you can take it or...? Oh, gosh. Um, I show a lot of it to the kids and I think, you know, I tell them that it's really good to have hobbies and photography is a good hobby. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it shows them... You know, they might see 
go outside and see nothing. But then after the, my photography and I show them a flower, they go, oh, oh, look at that. Yeah. And so I think that that's one of the... People miss a lot of things. Photographers actually um, notice detail. Mm. You know, yes. you notice we talked, you just mentioned about the little fungus growing in the, little, in the, in the garden. Um, a lot of people just walk past and not, not see it. I can just remember I was out walking one day and we're down at Redcliffe and um, I always have a camera with me. Yes, definitely. And um, we, we kind of pulled up, you know, at where the, I don't know what the main jetty at Redcliffe is and we walked down to Sutton's Beach. And as we're walking, there's some, there's some like, I think there are like a pine tree or something mm. on the foolish. Yep. Anyway, I've, I've spotted this um, um, uh, owl sitting in the tree. Oh, wow. And he looked, he just blended in perfectly. Yep. And I've got the camera and I'm taking pictures and my wife's looking at me going, What's, what, what are you doing? <laughs> taking a picture of that. What? Yeah. And it's interesting because um, photographers will notice stuff that other yeah. people don't. And I think we look for things. You look for detail. You look yeah. for different. But you also look for you know, when there's interesting light and interesting yep. shadows and, and those type of mm. things. Um, and I, I said, so it does actually help people, I think, yeah, look at the world differently. I think it helps slow you down as well. Like it yeah. slows everything down. Yeah. Do you find that when you're behind the camera, for you that's a really happy time? Like definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and and um, so obviously um, you have to um, pest your husband a bit. Say, okay, I want to go out shooting. <laughs> um, he likes photography too. Yep. Um, he likes fast things so yep. aeroplanes and cars and and you know sports cars and so you compliment each other see so you... <laughs> yes there, there's this great debate between us that he we both entered this uh photo competition on fast cars oh, was it the um, the drag racing he beat me <laughs> <laughs> he's never let me forget it <laughs> he got first place and i got second place oh that's a pretty good team I effort know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he beat me, so that was the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Have you entered many photo competitions with your photos? You oh, could... quite a few. Yeah. yeah. And you've had a little bit of success, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've won quite a few competitions. Yeah, yeah, and obviously too, the people looking at the photos wouldn't realise the origins of how your photos were taken as well. That's that's the beauty. You're, um, You're I'm not... competing with everybody else. Everyone's yeah. on a living living um, level playing field. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a bit like in that, that that show they had on TV, The Voice, where the blind auditions. Yes. So you know those people sing, and the judges actually don't get to see them um, at yep. first. So it's, it, it's judging them purely on what they're hearing. So when you do enter photo competitions and you put a photo up and, and it's being judged, the mm. judge has no idea. No, and they usually do speed judging too, which they only look at the photo for a few seconds. Yeah. And that's how they pick the winners and stuff. Yeah, so that must be quite a, um, a feeling of accomplishment to be able to. I got second prize in the Echo quite a few years ago, which was. Well, that is that's yeah, a that's I mean, huge and look thing. And, and if you look at the caliber of photos that, that are actually entered into the exhibition, yeah, um, that's the exhibition in Brisbane we're talking about. Um, is is you know, it's a very very high standard. Absolutely. Very high standard. So that's a really good kind of. Yeah, I think that's my highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got that image printed up on the wall? No, I haven't actually. Oh, there you go. You should do <laughs> no, that. I you should. should, yes. You should do that because I think it's... Funnily not... enough, I didn't think it was a very good photo. <laughs> and, and, and look, funnily enough, sometimes the photo that you're... I mean, there's photos that you really connect with personally and you really like the photo and you feel quite strongly about it that yes. other people quite often won't. That's right, yes. And the photo that you virtually dismiss as a kind of a, oh, it's okay, but it's not great, hmm. really connect with people. And that's the thing, I suppose, the diversity of photography. Like it's not just, yep. it's just not one size fits all. Like it's, yeah, everyone will see that's, something that's different. That's right, because I was in a camera club and I think that photo got canned in, in a photo competition in the camera club. But yet then another judge thought it was worthy of second prize so well that's, that's what I'm saying and that's and that's and, and that's the thing you no one can take that away from you no no <laughs> that's right once you've got that that's yours like that's your bragging rights to hmm. to hang on to for for that so have you have you continued to enter stuff in it or have you kind of um slowed down on that or you I have slowed down on that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean life this is trouble too like life 
gets in the way. Life is busy with uh, the school talks and, and stuff. Yeah, and just life in general. I think yep. everyone, everyone has that same problem that trying to find shooting time is, yes. is more difficult. Um, and also, obviously, um, you know, um, do you ever find that you've kind of run out of subjects to shoot or you always find something to shoot? Uh, hmm. Well, there's only so many bird photos you can take, <laughs> even though they come out to my... Um, I always look for new birds in my... I, um, I have, live on an acre and so I get a lot of birds. So I'm always looking for a different bird than just the lorikeet. Yeah. Because I've taken so many photos of lorikeets. So, well, um, they're beautiful birds, but they're they lorikeets, isn't it? So I always look for them to do antics instead of, yeah, yeah. like, instead of just a photo of a lorikeet. I try and get them doing things with other birds, yeah. you know, interacting with other birds, I think. And lorikeets sometimes will hang upside down and yes. pick away on things. and So you can get some interesting... Um, um, angles and different things. Instead of just a portrait yeah, of a lorikeet, I try and get them doing, yeah, hang, like you said, hanging upside down or attacking another bird or yeah. talking to the cockatoo. Or... So, so do, you, do you have a, um, like a lens that you would use? Do you have like a telephoto lens or something that you particularly use for your bird photos? Or? No, just, just my normal lens on my so camera. So what's the lens that normally on your um, camera? This one's uh, 14 to 150. Yeah. So that gives you a kind of, um, you know, the wide to medium telephoto type reach. Yes. And um, and is that too, because obviously it's easy not changing lenses. Obviously it'd be difficult for you to be changing lenses Correct. all the time. Yes. So you pick the lens that kind of works for your um, style of photography that you That's can right. And I feed the birds and they get used to me. So, you know, I can sit quite close to them. So. Yep. And that's just something you've developed over just practising. Yep. Just being quiet and... And they just forget that you're there, basically. That's right. Yeah, they come and tell me when the food bowl's empty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So have you lived? Have you lived in um, Brisbane all your life, or you? No, I was born in Townsville. Okay. Came to Brisbane when I was eight. Okay, and then you've lived in Brisbane since since then. Yes. Um, what's What's your favourite spot in Brisbane to go to photograph? Where would you, you know, if someone says I want go to your favourite spot, where would you go? Um, toss up between Lake Samsonvale and Bribie. Okay. On the surf side of Bribie or the... No, the calm side. On the calm side? Yeah. And what would you shoot there, mainly sunsets or... Sunsets. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, we talked about a little bit about, you know, your early days of going up to Bribie with your brother and, and photographing trees and yep. and that type of stuff. Um, how much have you seen it change? Like, I mean, do you still go... There's not that many dead trees in Bribie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's changed a lot. There's a few. I know it's like there's a few um, driving into places like Beechmere. Okay. Um, the road into Beechmere, there's um, a lot of those paddocks I've stopped and taken pictures. I must admit, I take pictures of dead trees. So <laughs> there's something about dead trees. Well, I, th I think it's it's the um, contrast to the sky. If you've got mm. a nice sky behind the tree, yes. there's definitely something about that contrast. Yes. And, and they make great silhouettes. Yeah, they do make good silhouettes, but it's also but there's a lot of character in a dead tree, like because you've got um, those textures and different shapes and and hollows. Yeah, birds and hollows and used for nests. And yeah, and and, and and look, and as you as you move around, the tree can take on a different um, mm. look. And it's funny is, I drive home and I go down a particular road, and there's a tree, and I don't know what type of tree it is, but this tree, a couple of times a year, sheds all its leaves. Okay. And I keep looking at it, and it's magnificent because it's this, you know, nice big round tree. And I keep thinking, I've got to photograph it. And then by the time I think to organise a time to photograph it, it's all the leaves are back in it, but it loses its appeal. When it's got no leaves on it, the tree looks magnificent. Okay. When it's got leaves on it, it doesn't it's look anything. Living. It doesn't look anything special. So it's kind of strange, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's what my dead trees look interesting mm. because I think they just, yeah. yeah. Just all that, all that shapes and different things, all mixing together. Characters. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think everyone likes, um, you know, taking pictures of trees. You see them quite a lot on mm. jacarandas. And yeah, that. and we're, we're kind of lucky too because I mean, locally around here, there's a lot of trees that, like the jacarandas and things like that, that when they're in flower, are so pretty. And they're old. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 particularly too, we've got a lot of native trees which attract the, the birds, the, birds. And the wildlife. I mean, I know it's like down at um, 
there's a good spot down at Sandgate, near the lagoon in the centre of Sandgate there. Okay. And there's lots of lorikeets and bird life, um, a lot of ibises there too. Mm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> they're everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're there. Um, but but the, the lorikeets will get down there. There's a lot of um, native trees down there and they'll mm. be all in there um, feeding on the native mm. trees, which are, which are great because it's kind of, a, you're nearly in a city yep. situation, but you've got all these, all these you know, wild birds coming in. And a lot of pelicans. Well, pelicans are interesting, and, and Lake Sanford Vale is great because there's, mm. there's a few pelicans and there's also um, some swans up there. Yep. Um, and sometimes I think the pelicans perform. Yes. <laughs> for you? Definitely. Yeah. No. Have you got the kind of, you've been able to catch that classic, you know, pelican shot with the pelicans coming into land and it's got its feet up to do the break. <laughs> once, only once. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. a hard shot to get because you kind of got to anticipate Yes. You know, and then um, obviously be able to, to shoot that. And, and obviously the angle that it's coming, you know, that you're shooting mm. makes a big difference to how whether that, the impact of that um, actually looks good yeah. in the photo. So what other type of stuff have you, you know, what we've talked about, Lake Samson Vale has been one of your favourite things. Have you ever had seen anything a little bit unusual up at Lake Samson Vale or...? I, Not really. <laughs> I, I shoot up there fairly regularly, and, and I've seen I've seen some strange things. Um, one evening I was up there, and it was just on the sun had just set, but mm. there was a guy there with a net, and he was casting a net. Yeah. And I was able to get him in silhouette and the net in silhouette. Oh wow! How awesome! Yeah, and I just you know I got one or two shots of that, and another time up there I was up there, and there was a group of and I think I'm going to say they're Japanese, but I think they were Japanese tourists. Yep. And they're up there getting um, taking photos, but what they were doing was um, they were staging like they were jumping and fighting. Oh, okay, yes. And, and then, but and catching the silhouette. So awesome. Yeah, so it's something. It's good when people do that for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's kind of it <laughs> yes. just adds a bit of interest. But what I tend to do is is a lot of my shots up from Lake Samson now. I actually try to include the photographers in there is silhouettes. Yep. Just yes, added. I've noticed that. Yeah, just yeah, add I love a, them. Yeah, just to add a, a, a human content yes. to the landscape. There's actually people there enjoying it and photographing it as well. Um, sometimes I think it is it is important to put something else in your photo when, when it's possible. I agree, and, yes. And sometimes you get lucky <laughs> and someone will be there. And it's yep. just like um, um, on the weekend we shot down at Wellington Point and quite a few of the shots I took where, I, where there was people in there and, and they were mm -hmm. silhouetted to the sunset. Yes. But it's just good to show that other people were experiencing that as well. It wasn't just, you know, yep. me there taking the photo and no one else was actually seeing it. So no, it's always good to have people and a point of interest in your photo. I think it just adds. It, well, it just does. It just adds a little bit of extra interest to it and, and the type of stuff. So, look, Trish, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank um, you so and much. Thank you so much for sharing so much about your, you know, your life and some of the things that you've done um, with, um, you know, talking to kids, um, the photography side of the stuff that you've done with your photography and also your drawings. We will put all your details up on the in the podcast so oh, people can, can go and have a look at your Instagram yep. account, which I kind of recommend people jump in and have a look at. <laughs> thank you. And, and they'll also see your unique, um, you know, your drawing and painting style as well. So, look, thank you again for coming in today. Right. Um, it's been great talking to you and um, all the best with, your, with the future of your photography. We'll look forward to seeing your stuff on, on Instagram and on, on social media. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Photo Mission Exposure. Be sure to tune in soon.